your positive, positive, positive imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Well, hello. Thank you so much for listening to all of these amazing and exceptional positive imprints. I'm Catherine, your host of the podcast, Your Positive Imprint, the variety show featuring people all over the world whose positive actions are inspiring positive achievements. Exceptional people rise to the challenge. Music by the talented Chris Noll. Check out his music and learn so much more about his background. Download his music and also some of his written compositions for piano. Chris composed Elevated Intentions, a perfect title, which I use at the end of the show. And Chris's music may be found at chrisnoll.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-N-O-L-E. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint. Connect with me on LinkedIn. My website is yourpositiveimprint.com, where you can sign up for email updates and learn more about the podcast. You can listen to the show from my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, or of course, listen from any podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or simply your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to share episodes, download, subscribe, or follow this podcast. Enjoy the show and get inspired to activate your own positive imprint. Your positive imprint. What's your P.I.? When I think of Denmark, I think about the social atmosphere, the smiles of bikers passing me by and just a very contented population. Danes just seem laid back, at least the friends I know, but also very involved and concerned with what happens tomorrow, moving into the future. Lars Noah Balduskilde and his husband, David Singh, are concerned about the world's landfill problems and they stepped up with their positive imprints. They refurbish and resell discarded mid-century Danish furniture, and I am not talking a few pieces here and there, but thousands upon thousands of pieces, and they've influenced so many Danes to help them in their quest to locate unwanted Danish furniture. Taking his name, he formed and opened Lenoba Design. David and Lars Noah are remolding what has become a throwaway society into more of a repair and reuse society where we won't need to purchase brand new products for some things. I'm so excited to have Lars Noah Bajskilde and David Singh on the show to share their exceptional positive imprints. Velkommen til podcasten. Jeg er meget lykkelig til muldtid. Welcome to the show. Tusind <laughs> tak. It's an honor to be here. Oh, tak, tak, mangi tak. Danish, I, I love the language. I speak very little of it, but it comes back every now and again. And so, Lars, David, thank you so much for being here to share your positive imprints and amazing stories and a, and a wonderful background. And you're already influencing the world. Lars started out very young, going to the flea markets and that with his family, but he also learned how to refurbish everything. We wanted to focus on something that we knew, and that was Danish furniture. So we do anything mid-century modern. Danish mid-century, it was about knowing how to refurbish those pieces, those materials, and doing it as best as possible. 
when you start kind of diversifying too much, you lose that expertise. So it was important for us to know physically how to do it, that we know the history behind it and be able to research not only the personal stories, but the manufacturing, the design, and the ability to do that. I think it's a beautiful story of how mid-century modern furniture really came to be. And it's a long and rich story. There was the story of the war and coming out of that and, and why we needed to build this kind of furniture. I think that's really what's been helping us grow and be better people, better refurbishers, better at storytelling and help build a business. Yeah. And it's also important for us that when we have the customers at our place uh, to tell them about the science and teach people about Danish design, that it's not just something that's put together, that there's actually uh, an idea behind everything. So we do a lot of things to uh, to make people feel welcome, to spread some hygge. Last week's episode 162, Lars and David recounted their extraordinary journey in and from Denmark, traveling and living in Peru, and venturing to United States, where Lenovo Design was created. Today, Lars and David explain how they refurbish furniture with the environment and small carbon footprints in mind, beginning with the container. The container will not sail from Denmark to United States unless it is full of the furniture that Lars chose himself. Some periods I'm very excited about uh, rosewood, other times it's teak, sometimes it's a designer, sometimes it's desks. We work with a shipping company and they drop off the container uh, and, and then me and my family in Denmark are, are packing it. We have a fun day doing it. It's very, mm. very hard work, but with some chocolates and some jokes and, <laughs> and things, everything is perfect. Uh, so it takes us about six to eight hours to, to pack a container. Uh, and usually we are exhausted by the end of the day, but still it's a fun day, even if it's freezing cold and snowing or or raining or whatever. We have a warehouse. It's my brother's farm in Denmark. I have his barn. My nephews are living on that farm. So they help me pack the container. But we have in that barn maybe uh, enough furniture for two or three containers. So I don't have to go back every time to pack the container. So then my nephews and some of my friends are, are doing it. Uh, I just tell them like, we really need to have some credentials and desks and chairs over this time. Please make sure that there's enough of those in the container when you pack it up. And they do it, and then we received it over here uh, eight, ten weeks after. Um, I think the way we've also built the business is, you know, we're, we do a lot ourselves rather than contracting things out, which is a lot more work. We wanted to do it because we wanted to also give opportunities to people within our circle. One of the first people who would help us pick up things was Lars's father. It was very much a family business. When Lars couldn't run out and go get something, his 75-year-old father would run out and go pick up a dresser or a piece for us. I think he really enjoyed being part of our, our yeah. business. Uh, he gave us one of the first dressers that we had also because he wanted a little gift for us to start the business. He became our money manager also, like making sure everyone got paid. So he was very much a part of the business. Then we also knew people who just needed some side work to come pack a container or people who had some interest in what we were doing also, and they wanted to go 
learn about finding furniture and starting their own business within Denmark and how to do that. So spending the time in coaching and developing them on how to set up their own business, because uh, that was more important for us than just hiring a company to come in and pack and ship right. and do those kind of things. We didn't think it was very efficient either. It was much better that we could control the business ourselves, but also give people within our network who needed opportunities some chances. Oh, absolutely. You're green. You do grassroots storytelling. You make the piece. Then ownership from history to the new owner. And you bring in citizens who want to learn. I mean, it, this goes on and on and on and on. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Absolutely. A true congratulations to your partnership and to, gosh, what you're doing. So so from the beginning, we decided that we want to do all the refurbishing in a sustainable, possible way. So we don't use any kind of uh, harsh chemicals or anything that's polluting uh, Mother Earth. Uh, we do recycle and everything. Uh, so, so when we strip a table, we don't do it with chemicals. We do it with soap and it takes a longer time to do it this way. But for us, it's more important that we uh, protect the environment. So yeah, do everything uh, in the most possible sustainable way. Which is where this inspiration is going to globally help other people and to know that it can be done have sustainable products that are long lasting, they're refurbished. I mean, what else can you ask for? And you have the story. I would be emotional, not like cry boo-hoo, boo-hoo, but just an emotional feeling inside in the pit of your stomach when you're listening to the story. An historical piece that it, that puts a smile on my face for sure. Yeah, the typical story is that uh, people build a new house in the early 50s, just after Second World War when the economy in, in, in Northern Europe started blooming was in the early 50s and people, like before Second World War, suburbs didn't really exist in, in Denmark. Uh, so after the war, uh, this started happening and people moved out of the cities and out to the suburbs and built houses. And, and they also needed furniture because a lot of furniture were lost during Second World War, especially in the bigger cities uh, because uh, the Nazis, they took, uh, like the gas and everything so people couldn't cook and they didn't have heat in the winter and things so a lot of people chopped up their furniture uh, to cook and things so a lot of those furniture uh, from before second world war were gone burned so people didn't really have that much furniture after so uh, so that's also why this period danish modern design exploded after second world war and that's why there was made so many pieces of furniture because the suburbs started growing uh, and people were building houses. And, and yeah, so the typical story is that we just built our house and we needed furniture for it, or we got it as a wedding gift. I forgot about that. I don't know, that that's just such a part of history. And you know what? It's going to be almost 100 years in another decade. Can you believe that? And World War One is already over 100 years ago. Time just keeps moving and we have people like you that are bringing in sustainable products. You learn something from good experiences and bad experiences. And we've all been living through this pandemic the past two plus years. And I think that's one of the things that I think some people are becoming more aware of also 
is that the idea of fast fashion, fast furniture, fast everything, one, it doesn't exist. It existed at a cost. And we see that with the breakdown of the factories and shipping and things like that. Why people were so attracted to this was the cost. But now we've seen the cost and we've seen actually the human cost of what it took to keep these factories open and low wages and things like this Mm -hmm. in order to get your cheap t-shirt or now that we've seen the breakdown in the entire supply chain and we see the rising cost, we see the true cost of fast, the fast world we live in. And as we're seeing that people have really started looking at vintage saying, wait a minute, there's something more sustainable. There's something that's already stood the test of time for 50 or 60 years. And what is the, what was the cost of actually delivering all of this fast furniture, fast food, fast uh, fashion? There is a huge cost in it and that we're realizing that now. So I think like in terms of the pandemic has been good for us in terms of the business, but I think it's been good in terms of people really recalibrating and thinking how they acquire things, where it comes from, what does it take to get there? So a, a positive aspect, let's say, uh, of the pandemic is that we've really learned to rethink about the things we take into our lives and what it costs to get there. And I, I think I'm really happy that some people have come to this realization and we get a more appreciation for the things that really have, have value to us and that we select the right things. Maybe we go minimalistic and we find a few of the right things that bring us happiness and that bring us great experiences and great stories rather than just loading up on the cheap things that are just flooding the market. Oh, thank you for that. Beautifully said, well said, and true. I love this conversation. <laughs> this, Yeah, I absolutely love it. We can tell stories for days and the history and things, but uh, uh, that's one of the things we enjoy about it. We've been spending a lot of time at home, and so people are very fascinated with the construction of the furniture or thing. We always say it's like the third roommate. It's something that's going to come into your house and be a permanent member. It shouldn't be disposable. So everything that you bring in, you should really love and it should be quality. And it's nice to have something that brings you enjoyment in the story and all of these things. Lars and David share a deep understanding of what it meant to the Danes who built sustainable products after World War II. But times changed as a new era came to be following the Danish modern furniture era. People demanded their items quicker, cheaper, and certainly not sustainable, which really only serves a purpose for the now, but not tomorrow. David shares how those times are being reflected upon so much more in daily lives today. When you have this mentality of the original owners of this, when they bought a credenza or a dresser, they had planned on keeping it for 60 years. No one thought, oh, I'll just need something for this apartment when I move, it'll just go on the curb like you see here in Brooklyn and Manhattan the end of every month, littered with IKEA furniture that can't move and just gets thrown away. Trash mountains. Um, so, and it's it's troubling to see that. People didn't have that mentality before. Yeah, it's a wake up call. That's how people used to live and they took value in that. So I think it's changing people's mentality. You said disposable. We want to refuse disposables and recycle what we have and reuse what we have. We have to move in that direction. 
So th- this has been so pleasant, so wonderful, so enlightening. It's been very educational and inspirational. As you learn more and more uh, about history and the pieces and the construction, you fall in love with with every piece. One of the most amazing things uh, has been some of the desks because there's so much thought put into it. And there's from high-end designs to just your daily typical workhorse desk. The science behind desks were the following, is that most Danish desks are built that when you walk around, it is functional from every angle. And one of the important things is when they started designing furniture, they did a lot of research and studies. And one of the psychological studies they did, because it just wasn't about putting four legs on a tabletop. It was how does this function in your life and what's going to make your life better? So they found that putting a desk against the wall lowers your productivity, that you shouldn't be sitting there staring at a wall for eight hours a day. So instead, a desk should be facing outwards, floating into the room, which then creates the problem of what what is everyone else looking at if you're floating this desk? So you needed to have a beautiful aesthetic, but also something functional, because as Lars was talking about, homes are very small in Denmark. So a lot of times you would have storage, a bookcase, a bar, something else to make the desk even more functional and yet beautiful to look at. So in terms of that, every single measurement of what what, uh, the height of the desk should be so you have the most ergonomic experience when you're sitting for eight hours a day. There's just so much thought uh, behind it and it's just not in construction. It's about the psychology and what makes a person's life better. These were some very intelligent, creative people. Um, And for me, that's the most amazing thing. They just didn't say, we need furniture. We need to do it quickly. We need to make money. Uh, We need to make people's lives better. And I think we've taken that inspiration and we wanted to do that the same way as how can we make people's lives better by bringing them this great sustainable uh, furniture. And also these pieces are all hand-built back in the 50s. Uh, so it's not like a machine where you put some wood in one end and out comes a finished product at the other end. The cabinet makers, they really took their time to make sure that the joints were perfect. Uh, for instance, Sweden and Denmark, it's kind of the same design. You have Scandinavian design, but the quality of the two, uh, or the, the quality of the pieces from the two countries. In, in Denmark, it's much higher quality than compared to Sweden because Sweden was not in Second World War, so their industrialization just kept on going through those five, six, seven years. Whereas in Denmark, it had a pause and coming out of Second World War, the industrialization was like put on a pause and like had to restart up again. So so when these pieces of furniture were built, it wasn't with machines, it was with bare hands, but in Sweden, it was a machine. Danish modern design and IKEA furniture, it's very similar, but there's a big difference uh, in terms of quality. Uh, same design, but different qualities. And that makes a difference in sustainability and the longevity of a product. Let's let listeners know where they can find you. Yep, so we are in Jersey City by the Holland Tunnel. It's on 18th Street, 345 uh, 18th Street in Jersey City. You can go online, uh, lenobadesign.com. And uh, we don't, I think it's about 10, 15% of our inventory that goes online. 
because most of the pieces sell directly out of the warehouse and we barely have the time to take pictures. And if we get to take pictures, the pieces are usually sold before we even get to upload them to Instagram or to our website. Wow. How many pieces do you get done in a month? Okay, let's shorten that. How many do you get done in two weeks time? So it, it's, it's, uh, that's a difficult uh, question to answer. I think it's easier to say that we bring over about 2,500 pieces a year. Uh, and uh, last year we had, wow. what, eight containers or something uh, shipped over. Uh, so, yeah, because every piece goes through a full refurbishment process. So it also depends. Well, Lars says he only brings over the things he likes. It's not true. We, we hate leaving orphans because there's a lot of pieces which are just good quality workhorse products, a dresser. Maybe it's not uh, the fanciest thing, but we know if there's pieces that we don't take that we know we can save and bring back to life. If we don't take them, they could end up in a landfill. So there's a lot of pieces that we save that maybe other people would pass on. But if we know that there's, the structure is still solid, um, we'll bring those over, but sometimes they may take a little more work. Um, so there's ones that are more painful to refurbish and take more time. There's some that are in better condition because mainly because people store them in a barn or a basement or haven't taken good care of them. So it's, it's very variable. One table could take a day to finish or it could take a week. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that you will bring over Lars other things just to keep them out of the landfill and still be able to work on them and reuse them. Lenoba design is L-A-N-O-B as in boy, A, and then design.com. And Lenoba is, of course, Lars Noah Veleskilde. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last inspiring words. Who's going first? And you've been so inspiring, but I, I always end with just that little last piece. I think we all should have a lot of Hugo. <laughs> we need some Hugo. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Hugo. We have the candles and everything. So there's a lot of Hugo right now. It's very Hugo to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Yes. And we should have the beer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would just say to everyone out there who is looking to have an impact, we've found a way to have a career and make a positive impact that really follows our values. And that's really important. I think if you stick to your values and really believe in what you're doing, there is a path. You can be an Amazon, you can churn through all the disposable, but we've really stuck to what we wanted to do. And as you were talking earlier, the world is set up for reuse by corporations because that's how they sell their next unit is by you throwing out the first one you bought and just buying again and again and again. There was a huge risk in setting up this business because if you sell something that's good quality, that's going to last another 60 years, you're never going to see that customer again because they won't need to replace it. And that's what we thought, but we really thought what we were doing was really important. Um, we also found out we were really wrong because those people came back for another piece and another piece and another piece. 
And there are homes in New York which have almost entirely outfitted with the Nova pieces because they really believed in what we were doing and the quality. So you can do it and you can achieve it and you can be successful. You don't have to sacrifice everything, but if you really have those morals and values and you can stick with it and form a plan around it, there are people who will support you. And we're very appreciative to customers, uh, the people who sell us the product in Denmark, uh, to you, uh, to news outlets, to everyone who is spreading the story, not only about Lenovo, but other vintage dealers. Uh, because I think we're all doing something positive and we support all the other vintage dealers. If you can't find the product with us, we're really happy if you go find it with them uh, because it's something that uh, you should bring into your home, we really believe. And it's going to support us all in a better community, in a better world, and help strengthen small business across the globe. Oh, thank you so much for that, both of you. And your marriage, your relationship with each other really has brought together the two of you this idea for sustainability and it is meant to be you are meant to be and what you're doing for our earth and for the future is meant to be and I thank you for that and I congratulate you for that so thank you so much Skål Skål David Singh Lars Noah Baldiskilde Thank you so much for being here on Your Positive Imprint. Learn more about Lars and David's work. Go to lenobadesign.com. L-A-N-O-B-A-D-E-S-I-G-N.com. Some background music used with permission, Elgato Stream Deck. Don't forget to hit that download, subscribe, or follow button now. And please leave positive reviews. Your Positive Imprint. What's your P.I.?